Good morning. You know, as a young adult, there was probably one man that had a bigger impact on me than anyone else. Steve Taylor had this fiery red hair and a pencil mustache that ran right across the uh, top part of his upper lip. And uh, he was a retired military guy. And so he always was thinking like strategically, especially with making up war games. And uh, this is probably part of the reason that uh, I love this man so much is because he would make these uh, fun games that we could play as a youth group. And uh, one time he gathered all the youth groups in the area, like 300 kids. And we went to this camp and uh, the camp was a large wooded area trees and ravines and creeks and uh it was 660 acres it's crazy i still remember those details that's how much uh this this type of stuff meant to me at the time uh but he set up on this large area that was over a square mile of woods um an epic capture the flag game and uh, six nations all divided up into different territories. And uh, the game was going to be played until one nation had taken over all the other nations. I was the captain of one of the nations, the commander. And uh, I gave a very good opening speech. And all the kids were like fired up. And uh, after that, it was, uh, we, we got captured in like 30 minutes, and it was all done. But the game was eight hours before someone actually won. It was, a, it was so much fun. And I loved Steve with all my heart. Like he, I looked up to him. And uh, he was a man of not only strategy, but I think the military background gave him tremendous discipline and consistency. And uh, he was a man that loved the Lord. And he taught me to pray a, a very simple prayer. A prayer that I'm gonna uh, that we're gonna talk about today, that we're calling the "Show Yourself" prayer. Steve taught me to pray a prayer in which we ask God to reveal Himself to us, to show uh, to show us who He really is, and to help us to see Him as uh, as He really is. And uh, with the same kind of discipline and consistency that Steve prayed, I began to try to pray that prayer. And I prayed this prayer probably hundreds, if not thousands of times through the years. And it's, made a, uh, and, it's, and it's changed my life. It's made a major impact on my relationship with God. In fact, I think as, as I hope to challenge you this morning, if we pray the show yourself prayer, it will change our lives forever. If we were just to get a glimpse of how great God is, it would transform your priorities in life. If you began to see how God really sees you and how much he loves you, it would change uh, the way, it would change uh, your perspective on what others thought of you. You would not be tempted to tell half-truths to make yourself look better. If you saw God in all of his glory, it would, uh, you would desire him so much that you, it would change how you pursue the things of the world. You see, this, this prayer is a powerful prayer because if God really shows us who he is, it will transform our lives. And I hope that you will take this challenge this week, 10 minutes a day, to pray, God, show yourself to me. Help me to see you as you really are. 
This is the third prayer in our Powerful Prayer series. The third was to search me and to ask God to search our hearts and to confess our sins and to help us to see what is really there. The second uh, was send me. Send me, God, to wherever you want me to go and help me to be obedient to you. And now this morning is a great prayer. Show yourself to me. People in our world today live with virtually no thought of, of God in their life or who God is. And I think that that is a great tragedy because God is so great and so awesome that we really ought to live uh, God-centered lives. And our prayer uh, this week is, God, help us to see you for you, who you really are. Moses prayed a, a version of this prayer in Exodus 33. Exodus 33:18 is our verse of the day. Uh, in this verse, it says, Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. Five words there. We've boiled it down to two words. Show yourself. But five words that are so powerful. Moses uh, prays, Now show me your glory. Let's go before the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Father God, as we uh, look at your scriptures this morning, we pray that you would come and touch our hearts. God, we desperately need to see you for who you are. It's the, it's the most important thing in this life to know you, to know who you really are and the difference that you can make in our lives and in this world. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would come now and that you would uh, open up your scriptures to us and that you would speak to us and that even this morning we would get a glimpse of your glory. And throughout this week, as we pray this prayer, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us and help us to know you. So we lift up this uh, sermon to you. We lift up this powerful prayer to you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Little background information on the show me, show yourself to me prayer from Exodus 33. Moses has been up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. And you can imagine the experience that that must have been. Moses had told, uh, uh, been told by God to gather two stone tablets. I can, I can only imagine what this looks like. I, can't, I don't envision that there was a physical finger that Moses saw, but somehow the hand of God came and etched the words of the Ten Commandments on these two stone tablets. Moses must have been like walking on cloud nine, just, to, just having seen something so spectacular, and not only seen the words etched, but to read the words, because these are, we call them commandments, but they're really instructions on how to live in covenant relationship with God. These are words of love uh, from God to the Israelite people. And so Moses is in this state of ecstasy. He's just a bit, he's seen the hand of God and it's been magnificent. And he begins to come down off the mountain. And you can imagine him just feeling such a desire to uh, love and to serve God. And then he catches a glimpse of what the Israelites are doing. And it, and it causes them to flip out. I mean, he, it's just standing in such stark contrast to what he's just experienced. He comes down and he sees the people that formed a golden calf. They've gathered all the gold jewelry and all the gold articles in their, 
in their homes and they've melted it down and they formed a golden calf to worship. And they're dancing around this golden calf in like an orgy-like experience. They're dancing around naked and, it's, and they're worshiping it. And, it, and Moses, uh, he, as I said, he just flips out. Like he's in this opposite state and now he sees the people and he tosses the Ten Commandments and they shatter into pieces and he goes to the, and he goes to the Israelites and, and says, What are you doing? The God of the universe has been meeting with me on the, up in the mountain and you've de- uh, lowered yourself to this. And he takes the golden calf and he burns it down. He, he pounds it into a powder. He throws it in water and he makes the Israelites drink it. I mean, talk about uh, gold Kool-Aid. Like this is, this, is, uh, this is a picture of him in all of his rage. He's angry. In, in Exodus 32, 30, he says, You have committed a great sin. Moses is furious and he needs to get away. In the camp, they have what they call the tent of meeting. It's a place where Moses would go in and he'd pray to the Lord. And I get the sense that he just needs to calm down and he goes into the tent of meeting and begins to pray. And it says in Exodus 33:11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I love that just as a picture of our relationship with God. Like maybe even you this morning, you're, you're here and there's a heaviness to your own soul. You've been going through some difficult time. Maybe you're even just angry and frustrated like Moses. To be able to go before the presence of God like a, a friend talks to a friend face to face. And Moses met with the Lord and the Lord provided Uh, guidance in his life as uh, Moses is meeting with God he's he's ready to turn in his letter of resignation he says I can't do it anymore these people are stiff-necked people I'm tired of leading them I will not lead the Israelites anymore and God begins to reason with them and he talks them into staying in the leadership position and uh, he says in Exodus 33 14 God says My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses comes to the understanding, God, if you're going to go with me, and you're going to give rest to my soul and lead these people, then then I'll continue on in the role that you have given me. And you can sense that Moses feels emboldened and empowered and favored of God. And so he goes a step further, and he says, God... If you do that, uh, if you found favor with me, then show me your glory. Moses says, uh, that's our prayer for today. Then God, show me your glory. Now, part of me wants to think, Moses, you were just on Mount Sinai and saw the Ten Commandments. Didn't you see God's glory? Or maybe uh, just to go back a little farther, uh, Moses, you crossed through the Red Sea and you walked on dry land. The waters piled up on either side. You Surely you saw God's glory. Or when you were in Egypt and you saw the ten plagues committed against or done against uh, Pharaoh and the Israelites, you saw God's glory. Or surely when you stood before the burning bush and God said, take off your sandals for the ground on which you stand is holy ground. Moses, you saw God's glory. And what Moses is saying here is, God, I've experienced you. I've got a taste of you, but I want it all. 
Give me the fullness of your glory. Help me to see you face to face. It's, it's an inspiration for us. Because we may think, oh, I know God. I've received God. I've experienced God's presence. And there's never an end to knowing God. There's always more of God's glory. If we could see and get a glimpse of it, would change our lives. It's kind of like after you eat a huge steak dinner. And you've had the steak, and you've had the baked potato, and you've had all the, you had the uh, garlic bread, and you're like, oh, I can't eat an- another bite. I'm stuffed. I'm just so full. And then they bring out the dessert, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll have a piece of that. Let, you know, uh, there, there's no end to God's glory. It's so great to never be satisfied, to just keep saying, God, I want more of your glory. In fact, uh, we, could, we will live this whole, our whole lives and never come to know God fully in all of his glory. And to take that a step further, when we, live it, when we are in heaven one day, we could have, we'll have been there 10,000 years and we will still be getting to know God. There is no end to the depth of who God is and his greatness, his splendor, his power. We will, uh, for all eternity, be getting new glimpses of the glory of God, and it'll be fantastic. Have you ever thought why there is no sin in heaven? It's not because it's a radically different state, though that it will be. The real reason there is no sin in heaven is because we will see God face to face in all his glory. We will see him for who he really is, and it'll drive away every desire to sin. The word glory in the original Hebrew that this uh, passage was written in uh, means a weightiness or a heaviness. Uh, there is a weightiness to who God is. There's a depth to his character. There's a, there is a, uh, there's a heaviness that we will never fully grasp all of who God is. Okay, whenever I think of the idea of weightiness, I thought I better bring a scale because this is how we measure our weight and um, if you're like me you hate this little thing Uh, because whenever I step on this scale I'm like oh boy that's a big number Uh, that's a that's a bigger number than I wanted to see now when it comes uh, to God there is a big number not because of his physical weight but because of who he is. Now, our weight can go up and down. When we're born, we got a little tiny cute number, right? Little baby's got that little cute number. And then, uh, and then eventually we get a little older and we want that number to grow. And then eventually we get to my age or the age of most of us and we're like, no, we want that number to shrink. God's number never goes up or never goes down. He has no beginning or no end. There is nothing that can add to his glory. He is completely perfect in who he is. He is completely glorious. And so this is a powerful prayer to uh, pray, God, just let me have a little glimpse of who you are. Let me get a little taste of your glory. Now Moses, after he has prayed this prayer, God uh, gives him an answer to his prayer in Exodus 33, 19 and 19 through 23. He says, And the Lord said, 
I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But, here's the but, but he says, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Moses has basically said, God, I want to see you in all your glory. I want to see your face. And God said, you can't, can't be done, not, not in this lifetime, for I am too glorious. If you were to see me in all my glory, you would fall over like a dead man. And then verse 21, then the Lord said, and this is what uh, God's going to do, there is a place near you, near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, in the, in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And so God says, you can't see me in all my glory. You can't see my face. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide you in the cleft of this rock. And I'm going to cause not the fullness of my glory, but I'm going to cause my goodness to pass in front of you. I'm going to take my hand and hide your face. And after I have passed, then you will see my back and I will proclaim my name. Moses uh, Moses doesn't get to see God in all his glory, but what he's going to do is he's going to get a taste of who God is. Remember a couple years ago we had a solar eclipse, and uh, we were were told, don't look directly into the solar eclipse because it'll burn your eyes. So you had to have these special glasses. I didn't have the glasses, so I was told to get a piece of paper and put a little pinhole in it and try to see the eclipse through the pinhole. God, we can't see him in all of his glory, but he does make provision. He wants us to see him. He wants us to know him. God's going to cause a way for him to pass in front of Moses. God is still in in the habit of making ways for us to know him. In fact, the the Bible that you have in your hands, either the, the book or on the phone, That is God's word. That's God's revelation to you of himself. God wants you to know him. The fact that Jesus came in the incarnation and the fact that we're going to celebrate communion together, it shows how the great lengths that God would go to for us to know him. He wants wants us to see him as we are able to understand him. In fact, Even the heavens declare, Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of your hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal wisdom. The heavens uh, uh, reveal the fact of, of how big God is and how glorious. God wants us to know him. When you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit because God wants to draw near to us. God wants us to know him. Now, how we get to know him is to get to to know things about him, who he is, his character and his attributes. That's what we're going to see when God proclaims his name. Let's look at this for a moment. Uh, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. As 
promise, God proclaims his name. So these verses say, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord. The, the, word, the reason those, uh, the name of the Lord is in all capital letters is because that's the holy name of God, Yahweh, whom the Jewish scribes would not even write out the letters, but uh, this is the holy name of God. I am who I am, that Moses first heard God say at the burning bush, the Lord, the Lord, the gracious and com- the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiven, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. I wish we had time to really dig into these verses in detail. Uh, But let me just draw out a couple observations. The first thing that I see here is that the way the Lord describes himself is by telling us attributes or characteristics about himself. He, said, he uh, tells Moses that he is compassionate and gracious. He's patient and slow to anger. He's abounding in love and faithfulness. He forgives sin. He uh, does not leave sin unpunished, but punishes the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations. I think that that's important for us to recognize that the way God shows himself to us is he teaches us about who he is. If you're going to wait for God to, to see a, uh, a vision or a dream in a dream uh, of what God looks physically, that's not what we're talking about here. The way God reveals himself is in bite-sized chunks, little bits about who he is. And the longer you walk with the Lord and the longer you, you pray the show-yourself prayer, the more you understand, uh, the more you're able to describe, this is who God is. He's gracious and he's compassionate. He's a savior. He's, he's uh, powerful and he's holy. And God uh, reveals himself by giving us descriptions of who he is. And oftentimes we, see the de- uh, we learn the descriptions by seeing what God has done in our lives. You ever look up in the sky? You can't today because it's so overcast. But you look up in the sky and you see a a streak of uh, white in the sky. And you know a jet has passed by. But you don't see the jet anymore. You just see the exhaust from the jet. God's kind of like that. We look around in our lives and we might not even have recognized that God was there at the time. But then we recognize, yeah, God worked here. He was moving and we... And we begin to see what he left behind. And that's uh, how God reveals himself. We recognize that his love and his compassion from time to time. The second thing I notice here in these verses is not only the attributes, but the numbers. There's two numbers that are given here. He says that he maintains love to thousands, but he punishes uh, the the parents' children for their sin to the third and fourth generation. The thousands is set in contrast to the three or the four. In other words, the thousands represents God's love, 
And the three and the four represents God's punishment. Yes, God punishes, and make no doubt about it, God has wrath towards sin, but God's love and his faithfulness far outweighs that. It's like a, a stone represents God's punishment and a boulder represents his love. It's a thousand to three. And this is uh, who God is to us. If we call out to him, he will pour out his love to us. And this is why this is such a powerful prayer. God longs for us to call out to him. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to show us who he really is. He longs for us to cry out to him, God, show us yourself. Help me to know you. Too often we go through life and we don't have eyes to see. We're praying for eyes to see. God, help me to see you as you really are. Help me to uh, get a passion for your glory. Help me to live in light of who you really are. In a sense, the show me prayer is a seeker's prayer as well. Some of you may be here this morning or you're watching online and you're at, that, you're at a stage where you're like, I'm not sure if God exists. Or if God does exist, I'm not sure I like who he is. When I look around the world and all the difficulty and all the evil, I'm not sure that that's a God that I want to live for, or worship, or serve. Well, I invite you this week, seven days, ten minutes a day, just pray that simple prayer. God, if you are real and you exist, show yourself to me. And God, in light of all that I see going on in the world, help me to see you for who you really are. Show yourself to me. And you might just be surprised after seven days the revelation that God gives of himself to you. I asked Dawson if I could share this because this is a story that, uh, that, sh that uh, comes from his life a few years ago. And... Uh, and uh, he said, it's all right. It's kind of, a, I, I got a kick out of this when this happened. Uh, I was telling Dawson about something that happened to me when I was a little kid. And uh, Dawson, uh, and I said, this happened a long time ago. And he said, was that back in black and white days? And I was like, black and white days? He said, yeah, I watched a show with Papa and Grandma. And I think he watched the Andy Griffith show, and it was black and white. He said that show came from a long time ago, and it was all black and white. And so uh, Dawson thought because the TV show is in black and white, the world was in black and white. I said, no, the world's always been in color, Dawson. That was just a TV show. That's the technology they used to have. But I'm sure black and white TV at the time seemed really awesome. All they had up to that point uh, a obviously was still photos and now you had moving picture and then it went from black and white tv to colored tv and i can imagine that was really awesome but we want to have a colored uh we want to have an original color tv now now you got to have high definition tv right and then sometimes when we when a movie comes out we don't want to wait just to watch it on our normal tv screen we want to go to the movie theater and watch it on the big screen now this happened a long time ago too like 2019 when you could actually go to movies uh but uh but we want to see it on the big screen because the big screen is way better than the tv screen at home right 
But then there's some movies that you're like, oh, man, this is a, this is a really great movie. I, I got to see this on the IMAX screen. And then uh, to take a step further, the IMAX screen, take a step beyond the IMAX screen, what about the 3D screen in which it looks like the picture's coming in at you? And several years ago, I was at California Adventure, and we saw a, a show of, about California in which you sit in the, you're watching the movie screen, but you're sitting in chairs that are moving all around. And then when we're in the ocean, there's a, over the ocean, there's a mist of water that comes at you, and there's fans that are blowing at you, and you really feel like you're in it. I share all that because I just want to encourage you, when it comes to your knowledge and your love for God, don't get stuck with black and white television. There's, uh, God is so much greater than what we could ever begin to get our uh, minds around. Buy a colored TV. Go to the movie theater. In other words, just keep seeking God with all your heart. Come to know him for who he really is. There is nothing more powerful in our lives than to really know the Almighty God into the, into the depths of our soul. It'll change us from the inside out. And so this is my challenge for you this week. This week's prayer is show yourself. Ten minutes a day, God, show yourself to me. Maybe take a walk and gaze into the sky, and as you uh, consider the, the size of the universe, just keep praying, God, show yourself to me. Show yourself to me. Take the verses that we've looked at this morning, the description that God gives of himself in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, and, and meditate on those verses. God, show yourself to me. Show yourself to me. May I truly come to know how gracious you are and compassionate. May I grasp your faithfulness and your loving kindness to me. God, show yourself to me. Anyone who has seen God in his glory will be changed forever. Your mindset, your attitudes, your priorities, your relationships will be transformed. God is so great, so awesome, so glorious that if we were just to get a glimpse of him, we would be changed forever. And so that's why I want to encourage you this morning. Join me in praying the show yourself prayer that we would uh, see God for who he really is and live in light of that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for who you are and I thank you that you are a God who is worthy to be praised. God, I pray that as we live in relationship with you, that we would not be satisfied, but that we would long as Moses longed just to have a, a bigger and bigger picture of who you are. God, show us your glory. God, help us to see you and to know you. Help us to, uh, to seek after you with our whole lives that we might be changed in light of who you are. And so, God, I pray for each person here. I pray for each person that's at home watching online. God, I pray that you would help them to pray the show yourself prayer this week. And as they do, I pray that 
you would reveal yourself to them and help us to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. As we uh, prepare to take communion this morning, we're mindful that communion is, in a sense, a tangible way to pray the show yourself prayer. The, uh, the blood of Jesus that the juice represents, the body of Jesus that the wafer represents, were, were, uh, represents Jesus' body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed for us so that we can know him. It's an amazing uh, fact that knowing God does not rest on our own, author- or our own effort. In fact, if we rely on our own works, we will never earn our way to God. But Jesus, uh, but God wants us to know himself so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that our sins might be forgiven. That those sins that separate us from God can be washed clean and we can enter into his presence. We can see him for who he is. We can meet in, with him in that tent of meeting and speak face to face to him as a friend talks with a friend. And so that's what I encourage us to do as we prepare to take communion. JR is going to lead us in a song. And as he does, I encourage you just to use this as a time of prayer. Meet with face as you would meet with friend and speak to him what's on your heart and ask him to begin to reveal himself to you. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. As Pastor Corey said, um, you know, as you're as you're holding uh, your elements in your hand, and, and you know, to take this as a time of prayer, um, I'm going to be singing this song, uh, "Crying My Heart." Please take it as it's kind of a special music type of song, just to facilitate uh, this time of, of reflection and prayer and seeking the Lord for yourselves. Um, you know, for me, this song just came to mind as we were as I was thinking about this service and the theme that Pastor Corey was talking about. Uh, it really reflects this deep desire uh, that I think we want to have uh, to to see to see the Lord and to 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 for our hearts to cry out for Him. And so, obviously, feel no obligation to sing. Feel just take this time to reflect and to pray uh, and, and to say that prayer. It's a difficult prayer to pray. It is a prayer. I was really struck with what Pastor Corey said of it being a prayer for everyone, for those who do not know Jesus. Um, who are seekers, to those who have been in a relationship with Jesus for years, we still, all of us, need to see him more and more. And so let's just take this time to reflect. There's a cry in my heart For your glory to fall For your presence to fill up my senses There's a yearning again A thirst for discipline A hunger for things that are deeper Could you take me beyond? Could you carry me through? If I open my heart, could I go there with you? 
What do I have if I don't have you, Jesus? What in this life could mean anymore? You are my rock, you are my glory, you are the lifter of my There's a cry in my heart for your glory to fall, for your presence to fill up my senses. There's a yearning again, a thirst for discipline, a hunger for things that are deeper. Could you take me beyond? Could you carry me through? If I open my heart, could I go there with you? For I've been here before, yet I know there's still more. Oh Lord, I need to know. What do I have if I don't have you, Jesus? What in this life could mean anymore? You are my rock, you are my glory, you are the lifter of my head. What do I have? don't have you Jesus what in this life could mean anymore you are my rock you are my glory you are the lifter of my Lifter of my head. I invite you to take the uh, wafer in your fingers and we'll partake of this t together. God's word says, For I receive from you what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink.
God wor- God's word goes on to say, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.